Hey guys, this is a special episode of the Gimme 5 podcast. We are going to call this the 2021 Music Special. What you're going to hear here is not a regular Gimme 5 podcast episode, so if this just happens to be the first time you're listening, it might be a little bit weird. But this is more of a casual episode for our longtime listeners. We haven't been able to record some Side B episodes due to vacations, holidays, etc. We had the opportunity to talk about music. Uh, with myself, Greg, my co-host, Omar, and one of our patrons, Alec. And we talked about new music that came out, some music-adjacent stuff like podcasts, books, movies, documentaries, uh, old albums. We talked about a lot of this stuff, more of a free-form, casual kind of sense. And we even had a visitor right when we started recording. The lovely Andrea popped in. So if you're confused as to why there is another random voice, that's not Rob. So hopefully you enjoy. We will be back with our regular scheduled episodes coming up next week. We have the intros and stuff on here. This is a different... Um... Uh, this is just going to be a straight up... You have Halsey? Direct, and... It's going to be a special... Yeah. John no, Mayer? Oh my you know god, did... John Mayer? I love oh his song, <laughs> Mule. That song yeah, is so good. The music video is a hoot. Do you know who did the, do you know who like produced the new Halsey record? The guy yeah. from Nine Inch Nails. Oh, I wanna fuck you like an yes, animal. That guy, exactly. Okay. Yes, that guy. Uh, this is all getting recorded. This is fantastic. Oh, oh my god, recording. oh. Cool. <laughs> Sorry. That's but that's why because the, the new Halsey record's good because it's 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 so Trent Reznor and we'll get to that later. Sorry, man. I wish that this was actually recording the video because then I would have had a girl dressed as a as a reindeer singing "I'm gonna fuck you like an animal." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> but it's not recording the video and it sucks. <laughs> yes. Are you doing so, it? Uh, yeah, we. Uh gonna record a little music special edition podcast we're trying something out here uh if it works awesome it was totally my idea if it doesn't it was rob's idea before he went on vacation yeah (laughs) yeah that's what you get for being on a cruise rob fuck you buddy yeah but yeah this was supposed to be a easy to record situation (laughs) and then i went out and came back and uh my dog had gotten sick and it looked like someone was shooting a german porno video in my bedroom So, yeah, that's uh, that's been my day. But now we are here. We have some guests, apparently. Hey! <laughs> that is uh, someone wearing antlers. And I forget her name. What was your name again? Andrea. Andrea. How did I forget that? And, Ooh. of course, our other guest, Alec. Hello. <laughs> Alec is known as... Who's been as... getting a show. What is Alec known as? Our patron of... Unusual size. That's correct. Oh, wow. Hello. How's it going? Not too bad yourself, Omar. Uh, great. I'm chilling <laughs> with Andrea, uh, my my homie from work and from lots of adventures, and here <laughs> off screen and without a without earbuds, so he can't hear anything. Is her boyfriend Hunter, who is the coolest person at least in South Florida, if not the world. Wow. So it's a whole thing Shout over out to here. Hunter. Uh-huh. I got a big dude. <laughs> wow. Was Welcome that to my world. Was this that is, appropriate to say? This, that's the yeah, tip you, of the iceberg. You've clearly never listened. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Babe, I got your shout out about your how big your dick is on this, this podcast. So you're <laughs> this is the. So this is the. Uh, 
the Gimby Vibe podcast. Right? I don't know if I actually said that yet. Nope, not yet. Music special edition, uh, complete with all sorts of craziness, and uh, we just we like talking about music a lot. Uh, Only music, yeah. You know, we talk, we talk about, about other stuff, of stuff. <laughs> specifically tonight. Tonight is a music episode. Okay. Yeah. Hey, when do we cue so, the awesome music? Right uh, now. How about now? What I here's what I here's what I'm understanding about this music episode. One of the Andrea's an unexpected delightful guest, but I hear that Alec is like the dude when it comes to music. Oh, I wouldn't say that. Like you know, like everything. <laughs> no, Alec, you look like a dude who knows music. See, uh, that's, and that's she just knows the look. Every, every, I'm basically. profiling you, yeah, and you. you look <laughs> like you know music. <laughs> Maybe I, well, I guess time. we are. I knew we're music. not. Uh, we're, apparently, we're not announcing the the opening part of the episode because they jumped right into it. But that's fine. <laughs> Just remember, give me five podcast special Ooh, edition 2021 <laughs> music episode. Uh, yes, Alec and I would. The few times we've actually met in person, even though he lives near me. Uh, we ended up getting in conversations, and I was trying to wow him with some of my lesser-known band knowledge. He's like, yeah, I've seen them, or I have that CD, or I just listened to them. And I'm like, oh, okay, this guy's cool. So, Okay. And, of course, a big fan of, of Springsteen amongst other bands yes, as well. Yes, yes. Who's Springsteen? Greg, I like your name. It's Who's one Greg? I'm kidding about that. I'm kidding. One I'm Greg. Kidding. Are you, like, the number one Greg in the world? I, it just it, it's a, it's my own little trick. Mm. She's referring to my little name on the recording software. It's my little trick to uh, be able to download oh. uh, my my track first. Did you see Omar's mm. name? Andrea <laughs> helped me with, with, with picking the name on there. Pound pound sixty nine. Double O sixty nine. That was actually my mom's AOL address. <laughs> it was. You don't know his mom. Was, he might not be kidding. He might actually not be joking. I would like to meet your mom. It she is like someone was, I get uh, along with. She is the shiz. She's cool as shit. It was always embarrassing when she wrote to my like college professors and stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's like, my son is not doing well. Please yeah. help him. Signed, pound, hound. Signed, pound, hound. 0069. <laughs> while she's listening to Brick House in the background. I thought it was pound, hound. No, it was poon, hound. Okay, yeah, yeah, it was either one. Absolutely. Either one, Greg. You know, yeah, I yeah. I go both ways that way, poon hound, pound hound, whatever. You go both ways. I'm not here to poon hound or pound hound. What? Okay, it could Jeez. go both ways. So, that's not what I meant, but whatever. <laughs> so anyway. let's we're gonna talk a little bit about music okay. here. So uh, I guess uh, Andrea, while while you're here, yes. Uh, who is your favorite musician? Oh, okay. I'm really, really, really into Doja Cat. Okay. I love Doja Cat. I'm really, really, really old. I have actually heard Doja Cat. (laughs) I love Doja Cat. She is just so hot, so fun. Her music's so catchy. Like, I'm telling you, Doja Cat is the way to go. Watch one of her music videos. You won't regret it. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. So that's a... 
a voice from the from the other side of the music spectrum, I believe. Because we got <laughs> okay, Alec, so who's, who's is, is Springsteen your number one? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Your uh, Springsteen me, is your number one? He's my number one, okay. yes. Nice. Nicely uh, done. Mine, Pearl Jam. Yes. Okay, well, basic, hello. I'm just kidding. Basic? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Pearl Jam's cool. Mine is uh, <laughs> a tie. Between Pearl Jam and the Stones. Okay. As you're wearing your Rolling Stones shirt. I got my Stones shirt on. Pretty Uh appropriate. I don't care. I'm very mad that I skipped the Rolling Stones concert that was here. Did you see them? Were they... They were just here when? Uh, Right before the the pandemic. Yeah. Okay. No, they just toured again. I don't know if they came just now, but they were touring like a month ago. Yeah. yeah. No, like well, in Orlando at the at the big stadium or That's where I saw yeah. them the last time was in Orlando, but that was back in 99. You know yeah. why Hunter just bought us freaking um red hot chili pepper tickets. Oh, oh yeah, they're going to touring. the concert. Yeah, they're nice. one of my favorite bands. Love the chili peppers. And my amazing boyfriend bought us tickets to go see them in August. So shout nice. out to Hunter again. Nice, nice. Yeah, I saw them Fantastic. almost ten years ago. Was, yeah, was it the one the tour with uh, Audio Slave? No, I wish it was. That would have been better. It was the uh, the first tour, one of their first tours without the guitars that just came back. So it was oh. John Frusciante. Yeah, John. Yeah, he wasn't there, and I could tell it just a little bit different without him. But it was they were good, but it was. Um, but yeah, it was. God, that was like 2012. That's funny because the Chili Peppers are like with guitar players, like Pearl Jam with drummers. Yeah, like they, yeah. Although technically, Matt Cameron's been there for since the late 90s, which I did not realize. Matt Cameron's the longest running Pearl Jam by far, like not even close. Yeah, yeah. He's farther than any. My favorite, my. Interesting that we're talking about the Chili Peppers. My favorite drummer with Pearl Jam used to play with the Chili Peppers. Oh, he did, didn't he? Yes, yeah, his he name was on, again. He was on No Code and on Yield. He's phenomenal. Like that, I, I, huh? It's it's so. I don't know. Took a picture of the screen. I just, <laughs> I don't know. Pearl Jam's just one of those things for me that I can't. I can always listen. You know, it's like the Stones. Oh yeah. So we are going to I, – I provided some questions to kind of guide us through this because I know – the reason why these this episode is not part of our regular episode is when I get going talking about music, it doesn't – I don't want to stop, but I'm able to stop myself. Omar doesn't want it to stop, and he's able to convince me not to stop, which Sounds is – I could be talking right. about – I could talk right. about just about <laughs> anything that could be describing. Uh and then Alec and I had some awesome music conversation, and I just know that adding that into the mix, and then now and now we have Andrea the reindeer. Oh yeah, is that's me. <laughs> She's like I am a reindeer. <laughs> that's right. Listen, a little so, Christmas spirit goes a long way. You're late for Santa's exactly. orientation meeting. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. I'm like you can stay, you can hang here. You guys, you guys can move in if you want. I'm cool. Santa. I'm not hey. Santa. I know him. Uh, <laughs> that's funny cheers to that so ready so the first question I put on here just because it is the end of the year and uh, any new music finds this year and it, they don't have to be new musicians or anything but is anyone like that you just started listening to this year or even though they might have been around for a while or maybe it is someone new Cause... I don't uh, know Alec what do you do you have anything new yeah I've been um the war on drugs. I, I wasn't really into them for a, 
for most of their career, I didn't really know much about them. I've been, uh, I don't know, I, I actually started last year listening to them a bit, and then this year they put out a new album, late, like maybe a month or two ago, and I have not been able to stop listening to that album. But they're kind of like, um, if you take some of your favorite 70s and 80s rock musicians and just modernize it a little bit. Um, I don't know them. It's really really good. Uh, it, I, I don't know. They're addictive. I can't stop listening to their newest album. I can't stop listening to their older stuff. They put out a live album that I'm listening to a ton. And I don't generally get that into uh, other musicians to that extent anymore. But um, I Don't Live Here Anymore is the name of the album. That's the album that just came out this year. That's It's an amazing album. I, it's not, I don't know if it's their best one. I'm, I, there's the, the one that came before that uh, from 2017 called a deeper understanding i think might be my favorite of their work but they're really good at, 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 they're actually touring next year and i was wanting to see them but they're not coming anywhere near florida so a lot of good uh, don't. road they just, trip yeah yeah i was thinking like they might be they might be the only band outside of uh bruce and i have seen pearl Jam out of florida so i guess they're the other two that uh, bruce i'll go anywhere for pearl Jam. i'll I'll take a, a trip for i might i might actually have to see about taking a trip for these guys but if war uh, on drugs comes up to like uh Atlanta or something. I'm I'm down to go too. Like, yeah. I, the, I've I've heard a little bit of their stuff, and everything that I've heard is really good. Yeah, it's definitely worth a look if you are a listen. I guess not a look, but um, uh, it's and it kind of it's um the, like the live the live songs they go longer. It's not like a jam band necessarily, but the guitar work is pretty amazing. Wait, I don't like know. Yeah, they're they're kind of a mixture. They're not they're not they're not like Grateful Dead or anything like that. But they're they're definitely more of a their their music has a flow. I don't know, but that's that would be that would be my big big, big uh, discovery this year, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Mine was a, a little bit different here. I I've I just reviewed this on the actual podcast, but the Halsey album, which I talked about, I I heard her first album. I kind of liked it, but and I heard her. You do vocal tracks like backing tracks on. Uh, who did she? She did like the Bob song. I th- no, that wasn't her. I don't know. She did a bunch of um, backing tracks, and I was like, okay, I like her. No, she's uh, beautiful and has such a unique voice. She does. I I love the the like the kind of scratch yeah. in her voice. But mm-hmm. so anyway, I heard that she was working with uh, Trent Reznor, and that album came out, and that that has been the album I can't stop listening to. In fact, I you know you can pull up your Spotify or Apple like things you've listened to the most this year and it was that album was up there and then a bunch of weird things that i didn't remember listening too much at all like <laughs> for some reason bush's glycerine was on there like that i listened to that glycerine, a lot this year really? which i yeah yeah wow which i think I was because i've been listening who doesn't like that song i don't like that song i didn't okay. listen to it on purpose i don't remember listening to it i don't dislike so it they but... compared her to that no they just said that i listened to it a lot oh okay but I listened to that, that Halsey album a lot. It's, you know, I very rarely understand what her feelings are on the album, and it's a very personal album, but as I am not a woman. Um, I, You're not? No, I'm not. As far as I know, I'm not. I, I, I might... prior to popping into this, I would have probably listened to it so I could give more input. <laughs> <laughs> you, should, you should absolutely listen to it. It's not only, you know, I, I have the streaming services so I can listen to it for free anytime, and I actually went out and bought it in, on vinyl. So I could, you know. Wow. Re- yeah. That's so I could ballsy. unplug. I know. I know. 
Bang it had nothing vinyl. to do with the the naked album cover either. Oh, because oh, the vinyl okay. didn't have the naked oh, album cover. Interesting. Yeah. Had a, a, I saw that. It had a saw... baby photoshopped oh. onto it. Oh, that's a little weird. That's that's not a selling point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw that you had John Mayer, and I will touch on John Mayer. Do it because I really like his song "New Light," and I really, really love the music video for "New Light." So this is and that's on the new album, I think. Which is I also really love that song so much. And actually, I just worked at Houston's um, while teaching last year, and they actually had it on one of their tracks, like playing in the restaurant. Oh, nice! nice. And it's just such a good upbeat song, and then the music video just has me in tears. Like I, I show I it love... to everyone because it's so funny. I love that you mentioned that it was a track at work because I still remember from like my retail days. I remember that some of the songs that were on there for like way too long, and one of them is "Sour Girl" by Stone Temple Pilots. Uh-huh. Like, like that song was when I worked at Blockbuster was always Blockbuster. Fun. What a throwback! Whoa, you're really showing your age here, man. <laughs> Omar, did you, Omar, you know the rule. Did you invite a millennial to our podcast? No, I'm almost thirty. So wait, am, that's a millennial. Is that a millennial? <laughs> yes. I don't even know those terms. I'm just a person. Can I Almost be a 30. person? You're just a person. Can I be a person? Why do I have to yes. be a millennial? No, you're a reindeer. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm a reindeer. Let me cares. <laughs> no, but legit, like that song, I, I just love John Mayer. That, is that from, so the new, from his new album? He was talking about how he worked at Blockbuster. Yeah, he worked at Blockbuster. And <laughs> how they played some old song that I don't know about. So. What song? Uh, Sour Girl. Oh my god, I fucking From, love that song. What is that song? Oh, Stone Temple Pilots. I was listening to can that someone, the other day. Can someone give me a beat? Can you give me like some you, of it? It's, not, it's, you won't it's a little it. mellow. It's a really mellow song, but it's like, it's obscure. Right, please someone sing it. You don't want me to sing it. I want you to I, sing I, it. I don't want people to turn I it. I don't want them to sing I it. Want, I want someone to sing it. I'll play the song. <laughs> that, that whole record, by the way. That number Wait. four yeah. album by Stone Temple Pilots is fantastic. Wow. That, that record is ridiculous. Yeah. It came out in like, I want to say... We we have segued once again. See, I knew. Sorry, I will just say also this has been a pleasure to be on your podcast, but I do have to roll out because I have to go help Santa deliver presents, and it's like you know it's a couple, it's a month job, but it was an honor to be a part of this podcast, and so I wish you all the high fives in the world. You see what I did there? See what I did there? (laughs) Well played. Um, but I can't wait five. to listen to this podcast since my do it my reindeer voice will be on it. So <laughs> awesome! <laughs> but thank you. Have a great night nice. and make sure that you stay on the nice list and not the naughty list. Well, but no guarantees. Yeah, no, I didn't think so. <laughs> These guys. Bye. Bye. So yeah, there was. I mean, the Halsey thing was a surprise, but I knew that she existed uh of course john mayer i never really liked him before but his the album and it and andrea just you know talked quite a bit about that but the album had such a like a, a 90s uh right price feel like the cover looked very late 80s early 90s it had that little right price sticker on it like built into the thing so i'm like you know what? this probably has a cool 80s vibe to it um so that's why i started listening to that and the other big one, speaking of, of 80s vibes, was a 70s throwback, the DGs. 
Ah, which uh, Foo Fighters, the Foo Fighters, yeah, which is basically the Foo Fighters and DG's, of course, Dave Grohl, uh, playing old BG's hits. Uh, super awesome album cover. I got that on vinyl as well. I started just buying the stuff that that I think should be listened to on vinyl, on vinyl, like Pink Floyd and oh yeah, like disco stuff yeah. and uh, old Beastie Boys like albums, like from when the time you actually called them albums because they were vinyl. Um, it's funny, like so I started getting that stuff. That John Mayer cover for this new record reminds me of like every Eric Clapton album cover from '75 to '80. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like they're all exactly blue and blue and pink tones yeah, with like uh, standing next to a window with blinds. I was gonna say the sunlight coming through the blinds. <laughs> yep, it's a, it definitely is going for a certain vibe there. Like a but some a of white his suit jacket with the sleeves rolled up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But some of his earlier like um like I have uh, heavier things and I have continuum like just on I think I have them on DVD somewhere. I mean on, I'm sorry CD somewhere. Um, he's a fucking amazing guitar player. Like some yeah. of the music yeah. off of that is j- like his poppy stuff. I'm not a fan of, but some of his stuff is so good and like mm-hmm. blues driven. Like it's 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 fantastic. Like it's just mm-hmm. it blows my mind. It really blows my mind. Like it's amazing. I didn't even realize that I was always kind of anti pop, born to be my old kind of rock. And then some of our friends that play guitar, they were arguing as usual about his prowess. And most of them were like, yeah, he's really good, but I don't like his music, that kind of thing. So I, that's why I started listening and focusing on that. Because I'm like, oh, wow, this guy actually knows what he's, he's doing. exceptional yeah, talent. But he, he was the yeah. one who was hired to play. Um, Grateful Dead. Yeah, yeah, he's the one who toured with the dead. Yep. Like, you don't get that by not knowing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Like he, and he also has a, um, I don't know if you guys know this, he has a trio. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. that's what actually that that is. Is. they that's are phenomenal. Like they do, like they do, like uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan cover and shit. Like they they yeah. they can play. The here's the thing. Here's the interesting thing about him though. Like if I if I'm even Stevie Ray Vaughan, but like if I want to compare, like let's say Voodoo Child, right? Which Stevie Ray Vaughan mm-hmm. does, but it's a Hendrix cover. I love Stevie Ray. He's an amazing guitar player, and and I like his voice too. But it's funny when he's doing his own stuff. Or some covers of like bluesier things, I love it. But I don't like when he covers like Hendrix because it's. Too, I hate that cover. It's too right. It's too clean. Yeah, it's too clean. It's, the Hendrix version is so raw and real. Yeah, you and want, the, I, Stevie Ray, even though he's amazing, his cover bores me. Like I don't want to hear him do it. I don't know. Like, it's, it's kind of hard to cover Hendrix. <laughs> but I I remember hearing that song and. I was like, no, 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 this is, no, this doesn't work for me. And I know he's an amazing guitarist and amazing, you know, musician in his own right. But that, I, I think in general, covering Jimi Hendrix is probably going to be a losing scenario for the most people. For most people. I agree. Because Hendrix was controlling his own feedback in most of the songs as well as playing yeah. them. And it's like this organized chaos. But, was... but what's crazy though is Hendrix can cover anybody. <laughs> Like, All on the Watchtower, yeah. better Hendrix song than Dylan song somehow, which is fucking yeah. nuts. What's well, funny, yeah. though, because at that time, the cool thing to do if you were up and coming was cover Dylan. Like, mm-hmm. you had to cover Dylan. Oh, yeah. Whether it was, you know, Mr. Tambourine Man, which I like the birds, but that's just a whatever. But, um, I mean, the birds. I like the stuff that came from the birds, I guess I should yeah. say. But, um, 
but you, that was what you had to do to like make it like to be considered a whatever you had to cover Dylan and it just happened that Hendrix fucking killed him <laughs> like yeah. he just killed it best cover song of all time oh, it's so fucking good <laughs> it's so great <clears throat> um yeah he did we do I'm sorry Alec did we do your your musical finds for the year yeah we did right yeah I, I only had the one okay right. so I think uh I talked briefly about the the music replay stuff, but um, I want to do the uh, revisiting of past albums and songs. And it's I was mentioning this earlier uh, to Omar, or maybe last night, that it occurs to me that a lot of these like great bands that are out there, like I'm sounding old, but like all of the great bands, uh, most of the stuff I've heard from greatest hits albums are just the play the essentials list on Apple Music. Mm-hmm. And then it occurs to me, like, there's all these classic albums that I know all the hits from, but I don't know the other songs, like the rest of the songs. And I'm like, and, like maybe I know the enti- like all of the Led Zeppelin songs because I've listened to all those albums, but like I haven't done that with the Stones, I haven't done that with the Who, I haven't done it with a lot of these things. And you see the album covers, and it's like, oh crap, there's a lot of music out there I haven't heard. Uh, and this is where I'm going to let Omar take over because you seem to have started uh, going deep in the classical rock. You know, world. Well, you're saying like revisiting <clears throat> past albums, right? Yeah, or something you just haven't listened to in a while that all of a sudden, like this year, sprung up. Um, yeah, there's a lot of that. Uh, I I've started rebuilding my um, record collection again, and uh, that's a long story. But um, the first thing that I bought this year uh like on vinyl again um was um are you experienced by Jimi hendrix i know i'm I don't oh, know, I we were just talking about that um and which led me to i don't have it on vinyl yet like i used to have it on vinyl but which also brings me to access bold as love which i've been listening to just kind i of love that album. album that album is fantastic like i like it better than are you experienced like overall so do i um, but I, are you experienced was the one that was available. Like they didn't have bold as love when I, at the record store, when I bought that, that one time. Um, but those records have been with me, you know, I'm 45 now, 25 years, 30 years. You know what I mean? Like I've been listening to that stuff forever. Uh, another one like that is Creedence Clearwater Revival. So like oh. I found a copy of Cosmos Factory, which has like, Ramble Tamble, and it has like, um, it even has a Roy Orbison cover on there called Ubi Doobie. But there's such, <laughs> like, that that record just fucking blows my mind. It's such a <laughs> stupid, like, ridiculously good album that it's like, and this is another one of those where I, I had that album on cassette, like, back in the night, like, early 90s or whatever. Um, when I, and I know about Hendrix and CCR from my father, like, who he, that was his thing back when in the you know, late 60s or whatever. CCR was his biggest one. Um, my favorite band, probably in my top three favorite bands, is the Rolling Stones. And um, I still have this record, but I started listening. I got a record player earlier this year for my birthday, and, I, and I've been listening. I, I still have Sticky Fingers, which yeah. is when I, I remember hearing that album. And I remember thinking... Like, when you get to the back, like, Moonlight Mile and, like, um, uh, Can't Always Get What You Want or the or my favorite, probably my favorite Stone song of all time is Can't You Hear Me Knocking, right? 
and like that opening guitar riff like even now just talking about it i'm literally getting goosebumps but oh my god that like stair step oh down my almost. god and that but and sticky fingers is this record that is just that just destroys me like every like i i don't understand who they sold their soul to but how do you write music like that like i don't even understand i don't get it and my brain doesn't even and this is in that Mick Taylor era, like after uh, Brian Jones dies, um, okay. Mick Taylor takes over on on guitar for them, and something happened to their sound, something fucking wild. I don't know what it is, but they their sound just took this turn into like that dark early mid seventies kind of. Oh man, it's just it's just gritty. It's just fantastic. Um, I what's that? I was actually um, I did something similar with Exile on Main Street. Oh, I love I that had, record. Oh. And I was like, oh. but yeah, they're they're a band I wanted. I haven't listened to everything. I want They're definitely a band I'm trying to, because I recently did deep, deep dives into Prince, uh, Tom Petty, because I know all of his hits, but I never actually listened to his albums. Uh, oh, Tom Petty's one of my favorites. He's he's somebody yeah. I deep dive a lot. Yeah. So, so I enjoyed that. But then Rolling Stones is on my list of I want to. I want to hear kind of everything, at least from a certain time period, because uh, obviously they're on the Mount Rushmore of greatest bands of all time, well, easily. Well, I would say, like, when it comes to the Stones, in my opinion, in my, you know, just as a fan, I'm, I'm in no way some sort of rock historian or anything like that. But there's three distinct eras to the Stones. So you have the first era where it's like the original band, they're doing those R&B covers, the, mm-hmm. Brian Jones is on guitar... You get into like songs like Under My Thumb and stuff like that that people know. Mm-hmm. And then Brian Jones basically gets kicked out of the band in like, I think it was 69. And, uh, and nice. And <laughs> <laughs> zing. And, uh, so he dies not long after that. Nothing to do with the band or anything like that. But so he dies. Um, but in the meantime, they get Mick Taylor on guitar. And that's when they start with like Beggar's Banquet. Um, Exile on Main Street, he's on that record as well. He's on this one that I'm talking about, Sticky Fingers. He's on, um, I believe, oh, he was, he's on Goat's Head Soup. He's on these fantastic early 70s records that are just like, like the gritty, gritty shit. And then Some Girls comes along in 75, I want to say, 75 or 76. And I don't want to lie to you, I think that's the last record with Mick Taylor or and then I think Black and Blue after that was the first record with Ronnie Wood and the Ronnie Wood era start this is like 76-ish and the Ronnie Wood era starts like that you know if you start me up you know that kind of stuff yeah the more poppier more poppy like 80s sound so Mm -hmm. but like my favorite is that middle Mick Taylor sound that Mick Taylor style because it's it's so fucking dark and gritty like it's Oh man! So any of those records? Yeah, I gotta, I gotta read more about those oh, guys. Dude. Their, their, yeah. their, their recording style and the way that they just like live their lives and it's just all they're of not own. human. They're just not human. It's <laughs> it's unbelievable. The last one that I've been getting really into, like that I hadn't heard in a long time, is um, Steely Dan can't buy a thrill. I love Steely Dan, um, but uh, can't buy a thrill has do it again, dirty work. Um, reeling in the years, 
Um, oh, there hits. <laughs> yeah, like a couple of huge songs. There, the if you go deeper dive into it, it's a good record. But but some of the like this record is so Asia is another great record. But that's kind of like a weird concept kind of album almost. Mm-hmm. But this record is just so good with like these hooks and like these keyboard parts. It's a it's a gorgeous album. Like it's I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna paint a picture here because every time I hear Steely Dan, that for some reason in my mind that's music that like the cool stepfather. <laughs> listens to and he's got like the little bit of a mullet in the back but not really it's a ponytail so it's okay (laughs) yeah it's like it's like and like you like meet you know it's like you're you're dating someone then you meet the the stepfather and he's like yo you ever you ever heard steely dan (laughs) come out to my camaro and listen to this i was gonna say why why don't you lean into my trans am and i'll play it for you like that's that is from real experience actually <laughs> Craig's talking about himself oh now. My God. I am. I am. I, abso- I absolutely dated the uh, girl with a stepfather that tried to get me to listen to Steely That's Dan. awesome. He was trying to help you. It was. Well, I'll be sure, the stepfather yeah. that gets you to listen to Super Tramp. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's another band. I just so, so my my revisiting, and I'll, I'm going to go with songs. I think for most of them, it's just weird because I, I was looking at all the stuff I listened to this year. And, like, I don't know, I guess I got hooked on certain songs this year because it was a lot of the same musicians. But one of which was a song named Baby Gatter Damerung. It's Gotcha-dometer. by Monster Magnet. Yeah, I don't know what that Yeah, is. something like that. It's from Monster Magnet. And the whole song is about Modok, the Marvel character. <laughs> um, really? Like, it, the lyrics are weird because they did a lot of pot, like, good pot when Monster Magnet was – they got the good stuff up in up in New Jersey, I guess. But it's all about, like, Modoc downloading his consciousness. And then, so they had that show this year on Hulu, I think, that was the Modoc uh, mental organism designed only for killing. And it was kind of like a, a robot chicken thing, but with Marvel characters. And, like, after I saw that show, I'm like, there was a song about Modoc. That's so And funny. I, like, I listened to that song far too many times over the, over the summer. Um, I also listened, do you know the song Disco 2000? By Pulp. Oh my god, yeah. Pulp was good. Like, I had completely forgotten it existed. It's one that has, like, the James Bond style, like... was it, Is that a waltz? I don't even know the what style of music that is. Like, right in the middle of the song. Right, right. I think uh, it is a waltz. And it was, I, that's I Spy. That's I Spy. I guess the album is Disco 2000. I don't know. But it's, like, straight-up spy music. It's awesome. And so that one showed up a lot. Uh... And then, I guess really the other ones, the uh, Beastie Boys, The Replacements, and Rise Against. Uh, just, they were all, like, especially old Beastie Boys, and it was not, well, their second album. Um, Paul's Boutique. Uh, yeah, Paul's yeah, Boutique. That's and a I, great album. That was another one I had never heard, and then I started, I read the Beastie Boys book, I watched the Beastie Boys documentary on Apple Plus. Awesome. Watch it. But, uh, the What's the one, that, my favorite song off? That uh, Paul's boutique, I think, looking down the barrel of a gun, and I can't remember if that's the title of the song or not, but uh, I think it is. That's my favorite. Uh, that's a yeah. that and the last song, which is like a bunch of different verses of different styles. Yep. And I, I on record store day, man, I went. That's the one thing I zeroed in on. I'm like, this is gonna be my first record I'm buying when I got my turntable, and <laughs> that was it. I mean, I had other ones from box sets and stuff, but that was the first one I grabbed, and it was uh, you know, shake. Your rump actually sounds significantly better on vinyl than it does on anything else, so as it should be. That's kind of funny. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, replacements, I'm still fascinated that these guys could have been so good when they could barely walk from severe alcoholism and drugs. Uh, yeah, I saw you put that on there. Can't hardly wait. That song, I think last year, for some reason, I just I came upon it and started playing it nonstop. I think that's like a perfect song. Yep. Bastards of Young was great as well. Yep. That was a great song. And I um, remember the song Unsatisfied. Yes. Oh my god, that's... that breaks me in half every time. And, and then he did the the lead singer. Didn't he do the the song from Singles? Um... Uh, just like yeah, just yes. like Card. That's right. God damn. Yeah. Paul Westerberg. No, that like, yeah, unsatisfied man. That's like, oh, that's like Ooh. that song is the epitome of just being like slumped in the corner of a room, unable to like move, move. Yeah, oh, like god. cigarette burning its way. Yeah. Like I'm painting a picture here, but cigarette burning its way down to your fingers and. You know, huh, that's a heavy song. Empty, empty glass full of ice cubes, kind of laying on its side <laughs> next to you, and it's like, that's that, that's that, and and for some reason, everything is black and white. That's like, <laughs> it's like a yeah, that song is phenomenal. I wish that it sucks that we can't afford to play any of these songs, although yeah. we are technically teaching. So, you know. <laughs> go, uh, we'll, we'll, go, we'll uh, find the legal loopholes in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going to play them all at 10 times their speed. You can listen to the podcast at negative 10 times the speed and catch up. Negative. Yeah. Negative 10x. Yeah. That's funny. Take that, robots. So, Alec, yeah, so those are mine. Um, so a couple of things. I um, I didn't list this, but uh, Warren Zevon, or I think that's how you say his last name. Zevon. I listened to, I listened to his whole catalog and... Damn, he was really good. Uh, better than I kind of thought it would be, and his lyrics were just different than almost anybody else's. Uh, and especially his la- towards the end, because he knew he was dying when he wrote like his last album. That one was really like ho- he was holy shit. Like the way he was able to to write Articulate. about. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, that and it's like to be that um, cognizant of what's happening yeah. to you. But be able to express that, but you know, his earlier stuff too. Like, there's a song called "Lawyer Lawyers Guns." I was and just Money. gonna say, I, I've been listening to that nonstop for like days now. <laughs> that song is like a perfect song. Holy it's, shit, it's so good. It is, it is. And then, um, obviously, um, I, I put some Bruce stuff on there because I'm a huge Bruce fan. So I've seen him in concert a million times. Well, not really a million times, but a ton of times. But um, sometimes I like to go back and, for whatever reason, an album will catch my ear and. Born in the USA is not one of my favorite. Like it's it's a it's a perfect album, but it's never been one of my favorites. Of it. I love the song, but never the album as much. And I realized that's probably more because of how big it was. You know, you hear all the songs all the time, but then I, it's actually a perfect album, and it's this really it's actually a really dark album too, which is kind of crazy. Like this guy called his shot in 1984 by putting out an album of a bunch of songs that sound really upbeat but are not upbeat at all. Uh, and I, you know, it's, it's just kind of cool to see that. And then I listened to his follow-up album, Tunnel of Love, which is like his, I don't want to be this big anymore. So I'm going to tone this shit down. I'm going to make it a lot less of a rock record, more of a, like a, just a lyrics record. And it's, that album is perfect, especially as I get older, you know, I've been married for a long time. And even though like his album is more about the breakup of a marriage, it's, it's, the songs are about relationships in general and it's just like oh wow he really knew what he was talking about um and then i always go back to uh 
my favorite album of all time is Darkness on the Edge of Town, which came out in 1978. It, uh, he had done Born to Run, which was amazing and probably his best album, but not my favorite. Um, it's it's very hopeful and very youthful because he's 25 and the world is his oyster, right? And then he ends up getting sued by his manager because his manager was screwing him on a contract. And he gets he's not allowed to record for uh, three years, which is and that time period was huge. Like you know, he couldn't build off of what he was doing. So by the time he came back to Darkness, his album went a whole another direction. Like Darkness is like this really dark, and the lyrics are a lot harder, and the, there's a lot more guitar on it. He's yeah, you know, he's shredding on the guitar, which people don't realize he can play the guitar. Uh, he's actually an amazing guitarist. He just is a great frontman, so he shares. But when he when he wants to do it, he does it. And that album is uh, it's probably one of the most honest albums any art, any musician has ever made. So it, those albums I always like to revisit and kind of remind myself of why I'm such a big fan. And then... Um, was that... Um, quick question. Was that Columbia Records that did that to him? Yes. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Yeah, he's... I guess now it's Sony, but back then it would have been Columbia. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, he's... That, that period of time is pretty nuts. And then I even like... There's an album called Magic that came out in 07 and it was kind of timed up with uh, how he was feeling about the state of the country and it's very political and it's but they're not like over the head like George W. Bush is bad like you know or anything like that just more like you can tell he's angry and he's talking about the country without having to say it specifically and that was really he went on the uh on the Vote for Change tour that year. Yes, in 04, yes. Well, actually, it was 04, but that's when him and Eddie Vedder, uh, yep. and they actually, um, one of my favorite moments uh, on uh, I have a bootleg concerts is him and Eddie Vedder doing, uh, the East Street Band did Better Man. Right oh, cool. Yeah, it's awesome. That, that poster is from the Orlando. Oh, uh, uh, so they, did they do Better Man that day? Do you remember? Were you there? Yeah, I was, yeah, it definitely was. And if they did. There was a lot of Tim Robbins. Like a significant amount of time. <laughs> that makes sense too. <laughs> Damn, Tim Robbins has to be everywhere. But uh, that's but the weirdest Better Man, <laughs> the Better Man song. Um, but the E Street Band doing it, it was like nuts because you have Eddie Vedder, Bruce Springsteen, who they just go together. If you like, Eddie Vedder is the only artist that can sing a Bruce Springsteen song and it sounds like he belongs. Most people can sing like singing, and you're like, oh, you're trying your best, but he actually sounds like okay. If if Bruce said, "Hey, I'm retiring. You can come sing my songs," Eddie Vedder would fit perfectly into it. But they actually had Clarence Clemens, who's you know the saxophonist for the E Street Band, and he put a, this amazing solo that turned Better Man into this completely different song from what Pearl Jam would do with it. Uh, but I, I mean, Eddie Vedder and Bruce Springsteen are my two favorite lyricists of all time. So uh, that was like I've seen them perform live in person actually at uh, Wrigley Field in 2012, and uh, uh, they, I went to both shows, and both shows Bruce brings out. Actually, Tom Morello was at that show too, but Bruce brings out Eddie Vedder, and they sing uh, multiple songs, and it was it was one of the coolest things I I'd ever find seen. All these bootlegs. Yes, uh, he does. Uh, Eddie Vedder did a song uh, of Bruce's called Atlantic City, which is um, I love that song. God, I love that's that one song. of my. That's yeah, that's an amazing song. I love and the, then uh, I love the band's version of it. It's the band has a great oh version of it. Actually, so yes, it gives me good yes. every time. And then, what uh, record is that from, by the way? Atlantic City is from Nebraska, which is a solo acoustic record that Bruce did. That was like the darkest shit any art. Like he just say so this is that's why I love Bruce because in 1980 he does the River album, which is huge. I Hungry Heart record. becomes yeah, it's a great album. 
And then the, the Hungry Heart was a huge top 10 hit. So here he is on top of, like, not on top of the world, but he's he's finally got where he wants to go, right? And he has Born in the USA album waiting. And instead of putting that out, he puts out Nebraska, which is a solo acoustic record that he recorded in his kitchen. For real? <laughs> and it's, yes. No shit. Yes. I've heard he the record, I've just never heard it. I've it's heard an amazing it. record. It's actually amazing. Uh, uh, the, it's dark as hell, but it is, it is like, if people like people are like, oh, Bruce Springsteen, why did he get political? Like he's always been political. He just doesn't bang you over the head with it. Nebraska is about the state of America in 1982, but um, that's where Atlantic City comes from. That's but on yeah, that record, that, really. Yes, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a solo acoustic on that record. They start playing it with the band in uh, 1984 on the Born in the USA tour. Because, like for instance, like for me, the definitive Atlantic City is probably how they performed it on the reunion tour, like in 1999-2000 range. If there's a there's a live in New York City uh, version of it, that's like... Bruce that's the, the E Street Band? Yes, there's no better... I mean, as much as I love the band, there's no better version than probably that version. Okay. Like, that, like, it's just the crowd, the way that, the crowd's into it as well, but the way they, they rock it at that point, the way his voice sounds. Um, but that's one of his more covered songs because I don't... It's just like, it's a perfect song. But if you... Uh, the the Nebraska album has the the acoustic version, which is the original version, and it's nuts. It's amazing too, and it's like simple. It's just him with a guitar and a, and a harmonica. But yeah, that's the uh, stuff I like about uh, with people like uh, Neil Young. Like that's the, yeah, that's the stuff I like the most. I, I need to yeah. listen to more Bruce. I, I don't know enough about him. You won't be disappointed. Oh, yeah, I, I really do. I got because <laughs> even he has a, a book that just came out too. Not, no, well, his book came out five years ago. Steve Van Zandt put out a book this year, but Bruce has his autobiography. Uh, the guy can do everything. It's it's, kinda, it's like crazy. And, I, and I'm a fan, so I sound like it. But that book, you can't put it down that he wrote. It's called Born to Run. And uh, it's like, okay, you can, you know, you can write really well. You can, like, you're one of the best live performers of all time, arguably the best. And then on top of that, you can write a book. <laughs> and, and like, Okay, you know, what can he do, I guess? But the book is really, it's my favorite autobiography. It was it's one of those where I couldn't put it down. And it, was, you know, it wasn't like little. It was, I can't remember how many pages it was, but it was a big book. But, I, I read somewhere once that uh, Springsteen gets, or maybe when he was younger, and I'm asking you, is this true? He used to get like debilitating stage fright, like where he'd be like getting sick and like vomiting and stuff. Is that true? Is that a real thing? Uh, I think the stories that I heard were back when 1975, because they had put him on the cover of Time and Newsweek, and yeah, he hated early, it. Early, early on. Yeah, and so like he, um, I don't, th- I don't know if he, I, I haven't heard that, but I, like the best story I can remember is that there's a there's a London uh, concert, so he finally goes to Europe for the first time in 1975, and he, um, they have all these posters, and it says London's now ready for Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. He hated it, so he's tearing down these posters because it's just making him nervous. And he goes out and he plays, and he thinks he bombed. Meanwhile, it's like luckily they recorded and it's preserved, and so they finally released it thirty years later. And he kills it; the whole band kills it, and it's amazing. And there's like musicians there, like Pete Townsend was there, oh, no and shit. was in awe of him. Uh, the story goes that Joe Strummer was there for the Clash, really? and that's kind of what—that's what like influence. Joe Strummer's a huge Bruce fan. I like, was a huge Bruce I fan. Didn't know that. Uh, and then Peter Gabriel, I think that's when he um, supposedly he saw that and decided he needed to leave Genesis. From this one and show, it, it's this show <laughs> is a, it's a it's a legendary show. I mean, <laughs> if you see it, 
it's if you see the show, it's like the E Street Band on crack because they're playing. They're younger and they're playing songs at like amazing speed. Like holy shit, I've never heard like there's a song called Jungle Land. It's like an eight nine minute song and they're playing it like in seven minutes. And <laughs> and he's he's kind of like, he's got a he's got a wool cap on part of it. He can tell he's a little like off, not off like personality wise, but you can tell he's a little like in his head about everything. But yet it's it's perfect. But I think that's what they're referring to. But I mean, I don't think I've ever seen anybody more comfortable on a stage now. You know, like he owns everywhere he goes. It's nuts. Like you see him with, like, I've seen him with a bunch of different musicians, and they always look like they're deferring to him somehow. And it's not like he's asking for it. It's just he's he 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 can get any audience member and just get them in the palm of his hand. It's kind of like a crazy thing to watch. But yeah, I think back in the day he hated the hype. He didn't like being hyped up. He just didn't like it. So. Uh, it, it had an effect on him that way. Like, I think there was another story, like in 78, he was going to play the Roxy in LA and there was this big billboard of him. And so he actually climbed up the billboard, him and the E Street Band, and they like threw paint on it and <laughs> shit like that. He just, he just did not, he did not like being hyped, even though he, he kind of wanted his music to do the talking more so than the publicists. So. All right. So I'm going to go from the the book. There, there's a new one too, Newber Springsteen book. Is there? With, oh, the yeah, Renegades oh, book. Renegades. Yes, I, I forgot. I have that book. And I haven't read that yet. But yes, the it's based on the podcast he did with President Obama. That's what that is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It looks. It's a beautiful book. I was. I've been looking at it at um, Costco. I just have a giant stack of books. Oh, he's he's bending down. Oh, there it is. Yes. I nice. I bought oh, this and have yet to look at it, which is why I forgot about it. I need to read it. <laughs> so I reminded. Hey, look at that. That's that was the point of this whole podcast. <laughs> so uh, speaking of books, and some of these I, I have reviewed, of course, on the regular podcast. So I, I don't know if I want to go too deep into them, but um, yeah, there was a lot of really good music books that came out this year. Um, one of which was the Storyteller, which I literally just finished two weeks ago and talked about on the show. That's Dave Grohl's book. Oh yeah, yeah. I uh, he is that. just as awesome as people say. And he is a daughter dad to three daughters, and any other daughter dad should 100% read this because it's like I'm not a daughter dad, but I'll it was it. like bringing it was bringing me to I tears. I have to read it too. I'll read it. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, you can read it to me, Omar. I need your voice reading it to me. <laughs> I've already had Dave Grohl's voice reading it to me, so you can do that. Um. Like, so yeah, we used to have a really good bookstore right near my house. Well, right near our houses, technically, and it went away because they're building a Nike store. Oh, yeah. Yes, that's very well, – we're that devastated by that. Yeah. Yeah. And they kicked – and the shopping center kicked them out. Yeah. It was a great bookstore. I, and I brought my kids there – or my kids. Same my here. kid. I brought my kid there, like, for reading time and all that stuff, and it was just a great it, thing. But That broke our hearts, it, too. So when they were going out of business, at least I was able to take a little bit of advantage, and I was able to get a bunch of books – um, Pearl Jam book, a Wu Tang Clan book, uh-huh. uh, Richard Marx's autobiography because he's funny as hell. Is he and really? Do you know who he's? Do you know who he's married to? Daisy Fuentes. Yep. Okay. And they're and he new, well, he saluting. mocks her. <laughs> and he'll they'll tweet they'll tweet at each other from the same room and it'll be like <laughs> it'll be like would you believe that Daisy Fuentes is so out of touch that she's drinking mineral water <laughs> and and like she'll like respond and be like she's drinking tab. asshole. You brought it for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're great. They're great. Yeah. Okay. But so he he I grabbed his book and a couple others. But 
Uh, there's also a Pro Jam book that somehow snuck out, considering I'm on every Pro Jam mailing list. Um, and, you know, I, well, I'm, yeah, I was going to make a joke, but they'd had stalkers in the past, so I won't make that joke. But <laughs> I'm sure um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so they're and they're relatively private, but you know, I'm like on all of these mailing lists from their record label and stuff, and somehow this book snuck out, and it was it's interesting. It's it's called Not for You, uh, Pearl Jam in the Present Tense, and it's by Roman, Ronan Giovanni, who apparently grew up grew up in South Florida. Oh, okay. And so some of the references he's making about various concerts that either happened down there or didn't yeah, happen down there, like, he was was I there? <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> or he was talking about how like this one was really good and it was at the Miami Bayfront Amphitheater and I'm like, well that was the one that I couldn't go to because I was not driving to Miami when I was like, 14, like sixteen yeah, or fifteen. Yeah. That's funny. So so we kind of lived a little bit of the same life, but and the book is like exhaustively researched. I think he watched every bootleg because he describes some of the concerts. He describes there's one famous Pearl Jam concert which I had kind of forgotten about and I I don't remember exactly where it was, but he, Eddie Vedder like uses the um microphone stand to cut a hole in the stage oh like he pounds and, the hole like this yeah right? i remember that yeah yeah he like pounds it yeah. through and then like right at the end of the solo when the last drum beat hits he disappears into the hole like <laughs> as if on cue <laughs> and it's like and he like describes all that stuff it's like all of this research talks about what the various reasons I will the buy this book. left it's great the cover's awesome it's it's got a lot of research but one, I'm I'm slow rolling the book, like I'm not re- I'm reading a few pages a, a night or a chapter a night because I don't. It's like the first Pearl Jam book in like twenty something years. But he has very different opinions about the best Pearl Jam songs. This is me. Okay. And it's not so much that he has different opinions, but he like he'll be like you know they they open up the show with a live. No one needs to hear that song anymore. I'm like, I could hear a live live every day for the rest of the year and it'll still have the same impact um yeah and he'll talk about like songs like tremor christ which i immediately go past and i know a lot of people like I that song that's i a great song don't like it i know you're i know yeah. that's like your least favorite pearl jam song yeah so that's very interesting you can tell that no code is one of his favorite albums too because he there's like multiple chapters about that well and it even um, says and the present tense which yeah, is my probably true, my favorite true. song off that record that's a great yeah. song that's a f- the last Pearl Jam book uh, I read was Five Against One. Remember that one? Yep, by Kim Neely. Yeah. So, yes. So he probably wouldn't like that. My favorite Pearl Jam song is Black. It's probably <laughs> basic. Nobody choice. needs to hear that again. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah, that's, uh, he does that all the time, and I'm like, no, like one of the greatest breakup songs of all time. But I mean, I I agree with him in the sense that not that those songs shouldn't be heard, but like my favorite songs are not those songs. Like, you know what I mean by that? Like. Like I love like um, present tense, you know what I mean? Like that's you know, or anything off of No Code. And No Code was not a very like necessarily well known album, yeah. Or like um, Yield was great. Like what a great record. Any other good? No, so yeah, so that was the the Pearl Jam book. It's like I said, I'm 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 on a chapter right now. I had to. Uh, there was I, I was started reading it and I got to the Ross Guild section with the concert that several fans yeah. died. Oh yeah. yeah. Um and I got to that and he starts off the chapter starts off with Let's Talk About the Who and it was it's a breakdown of the Who, which I believe it's because after the Ross Guild thing, the Who actually contacted Pearl Jam and was like, 
we understand. Because that happened to them is... in 79 in Cleveland or, yep. no, Cincinnati? Yeah. I think somewhere, somewhere in the Midwest. It was in Ohio. For sure it was in Ohio. And I don't know how many people died at that show as well. Mm-hmm. So they contacted him and basically saved Pearl Jam. So I'm, I'm, that's the chapter I'm kind of on at the moment. It's There's not much left. It's about 100 pages left in the book. But um, it's been really good. It's been enjoyable. But again, and the guy knows his shit. He's like run some music collective in New York now. And um, I'm going to probably seek out his other books, but I am – it's – He's one of those because he knows so much stuff that it, he's making me question the songs that I like. <laughs> like that, that song sucks, and I'm like, well, you do know what you're talking about, but luckily, stand music, your ground, stand your ground. Yeah. Music is subjective, yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, the other ones, I'm not, I won't go long, but they're they're definitely interesting. And if you are Audible people, I think one of one of them is at least free on Audible. That's uh, "Love Goes to Buildings on Fire," which is about um, basically when everything is terrible in New York in the '70s. And there's all of this new type of music from disco, from punk, some disco stuff, some dance, some um, some funk, and of like, course there's uh, avant-garde stuff like Philip Glass, but like New York Dolls type shit, or like what are we talking about? Yeah, they talk oh, about I'm the not, New York I'm Dolls. It's just, and then uh, what's the other? The Spanish tinged music, um, not salsa, tango. That, no, like, I mean, they talk stuff? about like like is it Tito Puente or like? Tito it might be salsa. That's salsa. Like, that's salsa. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, they talk about that, like all of these things were brewing at the same time, um, and as everything was crumbling. So it's an interesting book, uh, and it's that's a free and audible one. And the really the last one was nothing but a good time, which I also real quick uh, before you about. go to before yes. you go to nothing but a good time. Do you remember the show on HBO Vinyl? Yes. That's a exactly that time. Like, yeah. That show. I wish there was a season two, but like. They capture that time that you were just talking about. They capture that so well. Um, mm-hmm. Well, the, the show was a little weird, and I, I mean, I guess I loved it. I don't. I could see why people didn't maybe necessarily. I, I loved it too. I, I loved fantastic. that show. I loved the show Roadies. Um, if you ever saw no, that show Roadies, it was pretty good. I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. Yeah, uh, it was good. It was good. Is is nothing but a relatively realistic? Okay, fair enough. So your book, nothing but a good time, is it about poison, poison? specifically, or just <laughs> yeah, the eighties? Eighties. 80s glam metal, everything from, honestly, even before Quiet Riot, oh, wow. all the way through, all the way through like Firehouse. I just need um, to know one thing: yes. is the Bullet Boys mentioned at all? <laughs> are the Bullet Boys? Mentioned? They are mentioned actually, but I think they are mentioned in the area where they're talking about bands that didn't quite. Make it. <laughs> that like Bullet Boys, that, South Gang. Uh, <laughs> South Gang. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, tough. <laughs> Which actually did make it eventually. Enough is enough. Being one of them. Enough's enough, yes. <laughs> With Chip Zenough. Oh man. Every band that we just mentioned is are those 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 fall under the category. I'm not sad that you didn't make it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sure you're nice people. I don't mean to be rude. There, there's a certain point on the VH1 behind the music where they start playing the sad music. And that's that's their part. Of that's the they, yeah, that's they are I'm, the embodiment of the sad music. <laughs> yeah, they are the. Oh my god! They didn't get like they have all the stuff where they become super popular, marry the supermodels, exorbitant music videos, and they have their own plane with their logo on the side. And then the sad music happens. That's the sad music is where some of those bands fall and oh. will never leave. I feel bad for them. They didn't ever get to do the other yeah. stuff. That's funny. So yes. is that a good book? Tora 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 would Tora, be in there. Tora. Oh my god. <laughs> Metal Church? Do they fall under that? 
that are a little too heavy. Okay. You you take that. You get Metal Church's name out of your mouth, <laughs> sir. <laughs> it, it, it lingers. It lingers. I can't help it. I, I do I do like the Metal Church a little bit. Okay, a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it, it covers a lot of those things. It's it you know, you're it's weird because Yes, there was some loss of these these people, but a majority of them are all still alive, and I don't know how. Like, the grunge people took way bigger of a hit, but, like, you know, even the guy from uh, the dude, uh, was it Chris Holmes? From, like, Wasp, the one that was, like, guzzling vodka in the pool, and it was, like, depressing because yeah. his mom was, like, on the side of the pool. Like, he's still alive. <laughs> what do you mean the grunge people took a bigger hit? What is that? What do you mean by that? Like, like, a lot of the people from grunge bands are like dead from heroin overdoses. Like three members of Alice in Chains yeah. or two members got of Alice in Chains. Uh, sadly, Chris Cornell. Uh, you know. No, 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 I get you. The, uh, I didn't know what you meant. Was yeah. it Chris, Kristen Pafaf? Is that her name? From, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they um, were really no, good. No, just a, Hole, Hole is kind of like underrated, underrated to me. They they were pretty fucking good. I, I don't know who wrote what. I'm not getting into to that whole thing, but. There was some good fucking music. Anyway. Yeah. No, so they, uh, that book, is, it's just fun, and you know that none of that stuff can really happen now, but it's, at the same time, it actually gives some of these bands a little more respect, because it was showing just, like, what they were doing to get big, because there was, like, as soon as L.A. broke, like, every person that wanted to be in a band just rushed to the Sunset Strip. So there was hundreds and hundreds of these bands, and only a few, like, rose to the surface. Well, and they're talking about like stapling all the flyers and yeah, the various clubs and fights and. Don't you remember sudden, the beginning of the uh, appetite, the uh, the Welcome to the Jungle video? Yes. When he gets off the bus and he's got like a corn stalk in his mouth or whatever. <laughs> he's got, like, remember, a piece of wheat. Like, oh, wheat! Great, it was a wheat. Which, it was wheat. Yeah, it was a piece it's of a wheat. wheat. And it's so funny because that would have insinuated that he literally chewed the same piece of wheat on a week long trip yeah. from like Nebraska. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It took you four days. It's the same piece of wheat. Right, and he's got yeah. the hat backwards, and he's kind of looking around like all wide eyed, right? But that's mm-hmm. but you're right. That's what everybody did in the '80s who wanted to be. Music. But it's funny because they, they did the same thing in the '60s, same spot, same place. They they yeah. they all migrated west to go find. Fame and fortune. Well, yeah, yeah try really to. things that don't exist. They went to go find Nirvana, Shangri La, whatever. But it's all you know. Wherever you go, there you are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, history repeats itself, and I think those those pathways actually kind of the pathways that they followed kind of all worked because of uh, the record labels being like, okay, well here we go again. Yeah. <laughs> like we're our uh, our seventies money is going away. <laughs> and, and all of a sudden, people like Twisted Sister and Quiet Riot. Let's see, let's push this to the the furthest. So now those are those are the real books I read this year. I've I do have one that I just got. I'm so excited about this, and I've, that's why I'm carrying it around. It is uh, "Music Is History" by Questlove, and it, oh, I want to read that. Uh, it it uh, focusing on years 1971 to the present. Mm-hmm. It's uh, basically him. It's weird. It's interesting because each chapter it'll say like 1971, and it says um, the Supreme Court rules that the Pentagon Papers can be published. Evil Knievel jumps over 19 cars. President Nixon like it just shows all of the history right at the beginning, right. and then it actually describes it later on. So it's it's kind of an interesting. Little series of essays. It's it's for every. It's his favorite. I think if if I recall correctly, it's his favorite music or musician or whatever from every year that he's been alive. Yeah, isn't that what it is? It's like a year by year and, li- and lined up with the history right, that's going on right. in that year. 
which is a and, genius uh, idea for a book. That's fucking fantastic. That's the one big project I, I wanted to do something like that, like line up everything in pop culture and what was going on historically, right. so people can like so you can figure kind of, it all yeah. out. Alec, did Alec, did you read any good? I don't know. Music. I read um one. I haven't read as much as I'd like to this year, but I did read um Stephen Van Zant, who was uh who is a guitarist for the E Street Band, and also played Silvio on The Sopranos, and had his own solo career. He wrote a book called Unrequited Infatuations, and I found it entertaining. I don't particularly know of everything. Is he? He pretty much says he thinks he's right on everything. So. Uh, you know, but it's a really interesting look into a guy who, you know, who came up like him and Bruce Springsteen known each other since they were like 15 or 16 years old. So you have the part where they're coming up together. Uh, you know, Bruce has him join the band and he ends up producing the river with Bruce, but they have a little bit of a, a tear in their relationship because he wants, I think he wants to be in his mind, like a little more, you know, say in everything. And, you know, Bruce is always like, no, it's a solo act with, with my band. It's not, it's not a democracy. And so he also decides at some point that he wants to do more political stuff. Like, you know, he actually, it was a, uh, a big proponent of like freeing, uh, South, South Africa, Africa, you know, and he, mm-hmm. he did a lot of impressive things there. So there's like, at one point he's going to visit like a, uh, you know, one of the, the I don't know if it's I want to say tribe, but it was something along those lines that he's going to visit, and they're known for being violent. And he's having to like lay down on the ground in a car as they drive past certain places. And he's in his mind, he could be getting killed for this. And it's like this musician from New Jersey is doing all this type of stuff, uh, and it just kind of shows the evolution of his career because he does solo work, he does a lot of producing. Obviously, then he ends up on The Sopranos, and then he ends up back with Bruce and the E Street Band. And how he's balancing all of that, and um, I found it mostly interesting, a little self righteous, but that's kind of who he is too. And but I, I love Stephen Van Zandt; he's got a great personality. And um, I mean, I've seen him with Bruce, and it's, it's always great to see how how they interact with each other. And then you think of him on The Sopranos, and I thought he was perfect on The Sopranos. He was great. Uh, so it's it was it was cool. You get to hear different stories about James Gandolfini and some of the stress that he was facing on that show. And you, you'll hear like, you know, he had a little bit of a, not a rivalry, but him and Paul Simon went at it over South Africa. And that was kind of interesting to, to oh, wow. really, cause I Paul Simon, know. well, Paul Simon was more like, Steve was like boycott. Paul Simon was like playing there and, you know, he's like, Hey, you're supporting this racist industry by doing that. And so they had their, you know, their, yeah, their Steven, war of Steven did that boycott. Sun City thing or whatever. Yes, I'm not going to play Sun City. He's he got like Bruce played on. Yeah, yeah, Bruce played on that song. A lot of musicians, but I mean, it didn't make a difference. I mean, it's really, it's really impressive because he did. I mean, he does say he regrets leaving. Like he left right before Born in the USA, so he missed out on a shit ton of money. <laughs> uh, you know, wait, he's not like, on Born in the USA. It's funny because he's on some of the songs. As far as they recorded some of the songs while he was still with the band, but he left before they. Before the album got released, really? so he yeah he stopped touring with them after 1980 until the reunion tour in 1999. So he he would show for like a guest appearance, but he did not actually he was not part of the band. So that Born in the USA when they were at their height, like everywhere like he the biggest concert. On that I, tour. He wasn't on that tour. Didn't make wow. that money. Yeah, 
Wow, so, I didn't know that either. Yeah, it's a, and he said he regrets that now, and not just financially, but he realized that he could have done both, you know? And, you know, the same way with Bruce, because Bruce broke up the E Street Band in 88, and I think he said I, if he could have gone back, he wouldn't have broken him up. He just would have said, hey, I'm going to do some solo stuff for a bit, and I'll come back. Well, that's, but, that's like Tom Petty when he started doing solo stuff. Yeah, it's it's hard because you know they want to you know I to be like Bruce Springsteen or Tom Petty and you know be as big as they were, but want to be able to be different. And you kind of feel like you have to break free from what people know you for. Yeah. Uh, and you know, for Steve, when he left the band, it was like, okay, I have to do my own thing. And I want to I want to chase my own beliefs and whatever else. And of course, it came with him losing a shit ton of money. <laughs> but crazy. I think I think he's doing okay now. Yeah. 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 Well, and he's the type of guy who he'll always bounce back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he just, yeah, that's very cool. I'm pretty sure uh, he's made a ton of money with the East Street Band the past, you know, 22 years. So. <laughs> yeah. Plus Sopranos. Yes. So did did you, uh, Omar? Did you read anything or? Uh, music yeah. related. Yeah, I, I I finished. I finished the Black Crows book, but like I, it wasn't really this year. Like it was kind of end of last year. Into the hard year. to handle. Yeah, was, I like that it's a lot. That was actually my favorite book. Really, last Really, really, oh. really good. But that was like I, I don't, I don't even consider it as like a book I read this year. But it was such yeah. a fantastic book. Um, Steve Gorman is one of my favorite drummers of all time. Um, he knows the he shit. Really, he's does. like one of those people that's good at everything because he was great writer, great drummer down-to-earth dude and he covers sports yeah. and like he's got great takes so you've listened to him you know i'm not uh, a sports I, guy so i don't i don't know i follow him on twitter and um actually the podcast follows him on twitter and <laughs> i just he when he i can tell what game he's watching by what he's writing and he's usually right interesting okay but he's just he uh, seems big, like a uh, great dude but his drumming is just you know because i as a I don't want to use the word fellow drummer because it implies that I'm anywhere near as good as he is. But um, even though we've been playing the same amount of time. But um, he's so fucking good. that, And he's so like perfectly what he should be. And he even talks about it in Hard to Handle. He says like, you know, when I first started playing, I didn't, you know, I was kind of faking it. But I did know just play for the song. Keep it simple. And just fucking play. Just play for the song. And that's exactly what he does. And he's... God, he just, he's... He's he's like a role model for me, like, musically. Like, I, I can't get enough. Now you can you can tell that quote just on Hard to Handle, where it's just like that opening drum beat. And then there's no fills. Nope. It doesn't, like... It's just Very do, simple. Do, 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 and, then yep. the, and then it allows the bass its room, and there's no, like... You know, it's funny. That first album, Shake Your Moneymaker... They they didn't really resonate with me, and then I saw the video for Sometimes Salvation, like right as the second album was coming out, and uh, that was their first single, if I recall correctly. Mm. And I remember just the opening, you know, do 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 do, boom boom boom, and I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I remember going like, whoa. Is this the really the Black Rose? There's no way. I that like I, that song just blew me in half, man. Like that song just made me. I couldn't believe it. And from then, from that moment, I was like, that was it. This is this is yeah. a legit. Thing. Well, hard to handle. Like 
I liked it at first, but then there was it was on MTV on such heavy airplay over that summer that I was like every time it came on, I was like, oh, this is old people music. <laughs> we kind of young, and then and when I hit when I heard she talks to angels like that song, that was my like whoa, okay. Like I still listen to that's like still one of the songs when I can't figure out what I want to listen to. That's what I want to listen yeah. to. Yeah, no, that's a great song and it's a great record now. But I, I just didn't have the whatever to appreciate it when it was new. But um, yeah, I've listened to that record a thousand times since. I've listened to all those all their records, you know, a thousand times since. But um, yeah, she talks to angels is incredible. Like that whole album is just amazing yeah. for a, for a debut. Yeah. I, I did. Uh, did anyone else have any other things to add to books? Nope. No. Nope. Cool. I just wanted to hit on a podca- uh, podcast that I've been listening to for a few years, but uh, No Dogs in Space. <laughs> uh, they they did a uh, they do a bunch of stuff about punk. They they started off that way, but it's a really interesting podcast because they're on Spotify, so they have the rights to all the music. And they have the they ha, they play some crazy stuff in the podcast. So they'll be talking about like, you know, the first time David Bowie ever recorded a song that where he was just banging spoons on things. And like they have like I made that up, but <laughs> like they have that. The like, and like they have all of these clips of things. So it's interesting when they talk about like you know Iggy Pop, and they're saying, oh yeah, he really enjoyed the the Kinks or uh, MC Five or it was what. Like this, some of the surf music and stuff, and then like they play the two songs back to back, and you're like, "Oh, I can, I get the." Now you see the, the connection, the right? Yeah, That's so it's really funny. interesting. They did a the re, one of the reasons I was big on Beastie Boys earlier this year. They did a their season two was a deep dive into the Beastie Boys, and it starts off with like even talking about the the little drum machine that everyone um, was able to get, like the eight hundred eight. Yep, the eight hundred eight, and like. And then you, they're explaining it, and they play a little clips from it and various songs. That was really good. The current one is Velvet Underground, who I don't like. Oh my god, I fucking love Velvet Underground. That's another one that I've been listening okay, to. Okay, okay, actually, hold on, let me let me say that I I do like some of their music, okay. but there's some stuff around it that makes me just annoyed. That's fair. Like anything to do with uh, Andy, uh, Andy uh, yeah, yeah, and like, and I guess they have like. Which this I didn't know. They have one of the members was like this avant-garde musician, and he would like do shows where oh, he Sterling like. Oh, Morrison. No, uh, I wrote it down somewhere. Uh, the other guitar with the fucking what? Is, the bass. Um, yeah, the one from the one from like yeah, Scotland yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah yes, yes, like, yeah. I got what's his name? Harper. Yes, I don't know, yes. It's like a four-letter Shit. name. Tart. No. Either way, but he was like he would do like these shows where he was like he would start the show and just walk out on stage, and it was a reverse show because he just wouldn't play anything, and like the crowd would be quiet at first, and then like someone would be like <clears throat> like coughing, and then people start booing and all that, and like that was the music he was creating. Like the music was the audience being angry at him for not playing anything. And I'm like that's a clever idea, but also if I was in that audience, I would have murdered. Him. <laughs> like. Are you talking about John Cale? Yes, okay. yes, uh, yes, yes. Yeah. So, little things like that, and it's and they play the music. And again, when you're when you're learning about the Velvet Underground, and there's people are trying to explain it to you, hearing the music is the best way to do it. Yeah, like I've been um, listening to, and I, and I I think I just forgot to put it on here, but um, lately for like the last two months, I've been listening to the, the Loaded album mm-hmm. with like Sweet Jane on it. You know. Um, yeah. That's oh my god! But the record is so good. Like 
It's got Sweet Jane, but it's got two lesser-known songs. One's called Rock and Roll, which is just epitomizes the Velvet Underground sound as much as Sweet Jane does. And they also have a, a cover, uh, uh, not a cover, um, a song called Oh Sweet Nothing, which is just gorgeous. And then the Black Crows cover it. That's where the word cover came out. The Black Crows cover it on their, um, I forgot what it's called, like Live in a Cabin or whatever, A Cabin in the Woods or whatever yeah. it's called. Um, they cover Oh Sweet Nothing by Velvet Underground. And it's, both versions are just, if you don't know that you're listening to the same song, you won't necessarily notice, but they're fucking stunning. Okay. They're just, they're, oh my God, it's so good. I think I interrupted you like <laughs> 10 minutes ago when you said Velvet Underground. I'm sorry. That's fine. That's fine. No, it's, it's interesting because I, I was never, and there's song, some songs I like from them. Uh, the whole Nico thing was kind of weird, and, and when they're talking about Nico, it's like... She was a model, and she really wanted. She thought that the Velvet Underground were her backing band, and then it occurred to, that when she like started telling them what to do, and they were looking at her like, "What the, what? No." <laughs> then it was very. Then she was like, "Oh, she, it's she's the backing or co. <laughs> yeah. She's joining something that already existed." Uh, apparently, she she wanted the fame and fortune, but not necessarily the work to go along with it. And um, so that that whole story was a little. It was it was interesting, um, and so yeah, that was that was on both on the podcast. It's you know it's I think it's only on Spotify. Their logo is awesome. Their their little podcast image, and it's just it may be listened to and like certain bands that I might not have, like Bad Brains or oh, Fear. I didn't expect like just these punk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Aren't those both DC so bands. If, yeah, if I recall correctly, right? Yeah. Yeah, Bad Brains is the like kind of reggae and yeah, punk yeah, yeah. stuff. But um, no, so that's those are the kind of the two uh, podcasts. And then uh, I did want to do one thing with you guys. Uh oh. So I just want to kind of guy on the first date, but okay. I've known you for twenty something years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> now I have to do it. <laughs> that's yeah. it. There's no, no and way. yet we've never been on. And yet we've never been on a date. <laughs> Time for that to change. <laughs> yeah. But we've held hands. <laughs> That's not true. So it's not my fault you get you get scared walking through Honda. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my fault you get you get scared walking past uh Merry Go Rounds. Uh, That's weird. Hey Greg jokes on you. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, so here we go. I'm I'm just gonna list some things, okay? Uh American Pie. Sly Stone's Family Affair, Marvin Gaye's What's Going On, Joni Mitchell's Blue, Led Zeppelin's Stairway to Heaven, The Who's, Baba O'Reilly. Okay. Um, what's Going On, Maggot Brain uh, 4, or Led Zeppelin 4. Uh, who's Next? Uh, let's see. I already said Blue. Sticky Fingers, Tapestry. The song Ain't No Sunshine. Uh, metal. Hunky Dory, Aqualung. Imagine the song. And Mad Men Across the Water and L.A. Woman. What do all of those things have in common? Wait, the first <laughs> group or the second group? Because those are all records. Everything. There was uh, songs and records. Just everything. Everything I just listed. What do oh, all those have in common? I know where this is going. Okay. I I I, mean, I I know. Alec, go ahead and give it a shot. Okay. I have no idea. It was. It has to do with. Uh, it has to do with a time period. 
Yes. The 70s? Every, uh, 71? 71. Specifically. Yeah. Every single one of those things came out in 1971. Wow. Magic year. And Tapestry. What's going on? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. That's insane. Um, right? So I saw this documentary. I've been wanting to talk about it on this show. I've been, I've definitely been slow rolling this one because it is so good that I don't want it to be done. Where, where, so it's like where, nine where episodes. Uh, it's on Apple okay. Plus. Um, it's uh, called 1971, the year that music changed everything. Uh, it is not for the faint at heart, by the way. Um, I don't know how everyone is with violence and whatnot, but you know when they when they talk about Attica, Ew. they show Attica. Wow. Okay. I didn't know that was seventy-one. So yeah. <clears throat> so they, when they talk about you know religious turmoil and stuff, um, they will. They're they're going to show it. Huh. Um. So it starts off like. You can kind of tell, you'll be able to tell, like, uh, what's happening is the beginning. It's basically when a lot of the Motown artists decided they can be political. Uh, it talks about that. And so Marvin Gaye and John Lennon, of course, getting political. Uh, End of the Acid Dream, which talks about uh, Sly Stone. Oh, I mean, Jim Morrison passed away in 71, yeah. too, I believe, right? Yeah. Um, so Sly Stone and Rolling Stones and Jim Morrison all running into drug problems. Yeah. And, of course, the music that came out of it, uh, Changes, was actually about the, the Beatles bro- breaking up. And Alice Cooper and Mark Bolin, so it talks about some of like the darker and glamier stuff. So it's like it just covers everything. Our time is now is all the soft rock female singers and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, Carol King too. But like, I didn't realize Carol yeah, King. Carol. I didn't realize Tapestry was seventy one. I thought it was like seventy seven. That's yeah. crazy. Wow. Uh, they they show the thing about this is when I said the thing like I have seen a lot of true crime stuff, and I've seen a lot about the Manson. Murders yeah. and like this shows clips I'd never seen before. Yeah. Okay, when they're talking about where is this located? Uh, it's Apple Plus. Apple Plus. It's, it's a what is it? A eight episode series. Um, talks about you know, Iggy Pop, Lou Reed, uh, Alice Cooper gets to that stuff. Um, Respect was about James Brown and Ike Tina Turner and you know uh, Stax Records stuff. It's um. It's just awesome. Like the footage, it blows my mind. There's there's footage from the the Stones recording. Um, what album was it? It was seventy one. They were recording. Was it, was it sticky? Was it sticky fingers? Uh, no, it no. Was, it would have been. Um, what were they in France? Yes, uh, that was Exile on Main Street. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it's them recording that and like all of the problems uh, that that Mick and and uh, Keith are having. Like you see the you, the stuff you've read about the arguments and things like that. It's in there. You see it. Oh wow! Wow. Okay. Um. So there's, it's like exhaustively researched, and I, I'm just about like I'm not, honestly I'm not even done with it. Yet. I'm on like halfway through the last episode, and um, they're talking a lot about David Bowie, and they're talking about like some of his first ever shows, and I'm always kidding about like banging spoons, but like they're talking <laughs> about him, and there's like pictures and shots from these per- first shows. Uh, there's also, unfortunately, for me in my trying to sleep last night, a moment where they're talking about, um, I guess, what Lennon was up to, and there's a, f- a very long portion of just Yoko Ono screeching like a crazy person. Uh, as she is wont uh, to I'm do. I'm sorry, that's art. 
Okay, maybe you didn't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> like scream, like just screaming as as people in the audience are like, "Oh, that's oh, I know exactly what she means." There, she's totally talking about the annexation of the Korean Peninsula. <laughs> the like, no, she's screeching like she's a crazy person. She's actually not saying anything doing. except for yeah, sounds. screaming. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, she, she's making me angry is what she's doing. And I'm not even a Beatles fan, but I understand now. Uh, apparently, there's also a new Beatles documentary on Apple Plus as well that I have not watched yet. It's supposed to be really good. To. Yeah, I've heard about it. But they said that if you do a drinking game of Yoko with every time you see Yoko Ono sitting in the background of the studio doing nothing, if you t- if you drank every time, you'd, you'd be, be dead. alcohol poisoning. <laughs> yeah, you'd, you, would, you would be vomiting on yourself before the like second episode. That's funny. Yeah. So that's uh, so that I highly suggest that. Like honestly, that's kind of the thing reason I'm like you know we should do a little quick fun music episode. Quick in quotes. <laughs> well, Oops. we're only at an hour of recording right now, hour and a half, hour five. Well, there's plus there's there's 15 minutes oh, of, of, of uh, party time with Andrea, which <laughs> it always is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love her. She's my favorite. <laughs> Andrea the Andrea the red horned reindeer. <laughs> the red horned the red antlered reindeer. Yes. Uh, so uh, what else? Oh, I see uh, no nukes on there. We're yes. Gonna get more Springsteen. Yes. Yeah, well, of course. I, I, if you know nothing about me, it's I'm a Jaws person, the Wire person, and a Bruce Springsteen person. So, uh, as a Springsteen fan, I've I have a a good friend of mine who's been a Bruce fan his whole career. She saw him uh, when he opened, you know, for Chicago back in the day. Uh, Damn. Anyway. Um, She's always said that, you know, the best, it's known that the best time for the band was probably 1978 to 1980. They're at their peak as a live band. Uh, you know, that's when Steve Van Zandt was still in the band. Um, not that they're, not that they were bad after that point, but just that that was probably them at their best. And so I've never been able to really see anything outside of bootleg uh, versions of it. And so there was a benefit, uh, two day, I think a two night benefit in New York City at Madison Square Garden in 1979. It was uh, Jackson Brown organized it, Bonnie Raitt. Uh, Tom Petty was part of it. Um, Bruce ended up becoming like the headline act, and he hadn't been, he hadn't, they hadn't toured in a while. So I, nobody ever knew this footage existed like this. Uh, apparently Danny Clinch, uh, not Danny Clinch, I'm sorry, I'm thinking of the wrong person. That's the photographer. Tom Zinni, who is a, who's directed a bunch of different things uh, for Bruce. Uh, went over the footage from 1979 because all that's been released is a couple of stuff, a couple of songs. On, there's a No Nukes movie that has all the different bands. This is just Bruce and the E Street Band for 90 minutes. And it's the closest that I'll ever get to seeing them perform at that time period. And it is nuts. Uh, it's, it's unlike anything I've ever seen before. The energy is crazy. Um, that band sounds amazing. The photography, you know, like the the camera work is great, and you're actually like for ninety. It's like you're there for ninety minutes, like you're back in 1979 watching them perform. And so, it, as a Springsteen fan, it's a real treat. I think for anybody who wants to know why why is he known as such an amazing live performer, just go watch that. You know, that would be the thing I'd say. I I I, I never thought that you could show me something this deep into my fandom that would make me go, "Holy shit!" And it's it's done that. So. If, so how how is this available? It's available. I mean, you can buy the the CD slash Blu-ray, or you can stream it on you know on Apple Plus, Amazon, something like oh, that. Okay. So yeah, you can. It's definitely. I don't know if you have to pay for the stream or not. I I bought it, so um, I think I bought it and 
I bought a physical copy and I bought a streaming copy, so I I'm covered. But it is uh, it's the best thing I've seen all year, personally. Wow. And he's been watching us on on the video recording. You're the second best. Hours. You're the second best. Aw, look at us. Especially look Omar. Damn it. <laughs> Omar, needs be- Omar needs better lighting. He always looks He always looks like he's uh, being interviewed by the FBI. Talking about I have this like super he... bright whatever here behind me. He, he's, the ino- he's the guy who's like wants to remain anonymous. Nobody yes, wants exactly. to see this anyway. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. <laughs> We're into it. I didn't do you any favors just now, so really... <laughs> Dear God, man. Get back into the darkness. I'll get I'll get a ring light yeah. all like Instagram style. There you go. Your daughters will so make fun of you. What are they? Yeah, your, your, da- your daughters will be like, Dad, if you start doing TikTok, I'm gonna have to <laughs> That'll be my threat to, to them. Get... Oh, you don't want to do your homework? Check me out on my new... And I'm going to hashtag you in every video I make. <laughs> my new TikTok That's account. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, so embarrassing. Like you would do, your new name will be like at, and then your daughter's name is dad. <laughs> 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 and just do nothing but like terrible dad jokes. Yep. Thanks uh, for that. That's a really good idea. I'm going to write that down. Your daughters are going to hate me. And I'm scared of one of them, too. So... It's really funny. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen her since she was like six, and I'm terrified. But uh, so I think that's it. I think that's, we have we have talked a lot about music. I think so. Which is what we planned on doing. Mission accomplished. So uh, first of all, uh, Alec, thank you. Thank you for having me. Anytime. We can. I mean, we we'll see how this works. I don't know. If people love this, maybe we can do once a month music chat. We can send Rob on a cruise and talk about music. <laughs> yeah, Rob does not like music. He likes music. He's just not like. I know he does. He's yeah. He's more country uh, music. Infatuated. He like yeah. He likes country music. He likes what he likes what it says. What some of the songs say, yeah. but he's not like. He doesn't go the deep dive on the artist and who played on this song and that song. So yeah. everybody's got their interests. Correct. Exactly. But you want to know like about some kind of badass weaponry? That's your Rob's guy. your guy. <laughs> It looks like he's having a great time on that cruise, too. Exactly. exactly. He's a good dude. He's so, a seriously good dude. Yeah. But no, I can... Uh, there's... I've... I, I tend to have very interesting music questions in my head that I, I've always been intrigued in if it's only me that gets certain things out of music. So maybe we can do this again sometime. Uh, thank you to to uh, Andrea, the uh, reindeer. Yeah, thanks, Andrea and Hunter. Love you, my booze. Kisses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to thank Omar, but that just happened. Yeah, so. No more, no more thanking him. Well, yeah, so, we can uh, thank Doja Cat instead. I love them too. I love those it, so much. Good, good, uh, good evening, Omar. We, he was also here. Oh my god, I love those two. I really do. <laughs> well, uh, thank you, Omar, as well, and uh, Merry Christmas, everyone. When you finally get this, and uh, that's all I got. Talk soon. To a time where we-